Welcome to Weigh-In Sports Talk. Today is Wednesday, September 18th. Before we get started, here are a few reminders. We would love to hear from you, and here are several ways to weigh in. Call us at 646-716-5564, or join us in the chat room by listening online at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tarvino, or follow us on Twitter at Weigh-In Sports. Now here's your host, Brian Tarvin. Let's weigh in. Thank you, Michelle, and welcome, everyone, to Weigh In Sports Talk. It is Wednesday, and one of the the best shows of the week for us, actually, out of the two, because we get to preview the games. We all know what happens on the games, and we we review those on Sunday and talk some football, of course, but Wednesday nights are special because it's another week coming up. Tomorrow night, we have college football as well as NFL, and then all day Saturday, it's college, and all day Sunday, it's NFL, so if you're a sports lover, a football lover, this has to be your your favorite time of the year because the ba- Major League Baseball is is heating up. The pennant races are getting tight. We're almost into the playoffs, so we have that going and all of football. So, if you love sports like I do, you're in you're in heaven right about now. But we're going to talk about some breaking news in a minute when Cuervo gets with us. Trey will not be here tonight on the show. Uh, Cuervo is going to fill in for him as the co-host tonight, so we're looking forward to having Cuervo here. Trey couldn't make it. So I just want to touch on some baseball real quick before we get into some breaking news because I know Cuervo is going to want to talk about some breaking news in the NFL. But I want to talk about some baseball real quick. I looked up, and, and I don't think anybody's talking about baseball anywhere. Everywhere I go, it's football, football, football. But in front of your eyes, the Braves, uh, their lead has, has shrunk to a th- eight-game lead in the National League East. All of a sudden, the Nationals are only eight games out of first. Right now, the Braves are up 3-2 to two against Washington, and I think this game is huge because it will push them up to a nine-game lead if they win. But Washington has won nine out of their last ten. The Braves have won four out of ten. So that's a that's a big difference right here. And, and Atlanta Braves, if you're out there listening, if somebody's out there listening that communicates with the team, you still have the best record in National League, and you need to keep that because you never know how important that's going to be when you're playing a team like St. Louis or the Dodgers. You need as much help as you can get. And all of a sudden, the Braves are starting to tank again in September. It's just Trey talked about this on the show. He was worried about the Braves doing this. At the time, they had like a a 12-game lead, and they built it up to 15 or 16, and now it's down to eight. So there's still a little baseball left to be played. Uh, for everybody out there, whoa, I know Paul says wake him up when the league goes to five, but I'm already awake a little bit because this is the Atlanta Braves, and all of a sudden their road record that was above 500 is now 37-40. and 40. So just wanted to throw that out there and talk about some races. The, the American League East, Boston's running away with that, nine games up. Um, the reason I say they're running away, they're starting to pull away. The Braves are choking because they were at 15 games, and now it's eight. Detroit's up six on Cleveland. Don't sleep on the Indians just yet. Oakland's pulling away in the West, up six over uh, the Texas Rangers. And we have St. Louis, Pittsburgh, and Cincinnati. Only two and a half games separate those three teams. So it's going to be a good race. The Dodgers, of course, you know, cruising right along. They've they've lost six games out of their last ten, so they better be careful, but they still hold a ten-and-a-half game lead. But, again, welcome everyone to weigh in sports we're going to have some fun tonight and and i don't have his music but cuervo man thanks for joining us tonight on the show how are you 
I'm good, Tarvino. How about yourself? Oh, doing wonderful, man. Thanks for joining us. And I, I saved this for you, Cuervo. I just ran over baseball real quick, talking about the Braves. Looks like they're choking as usual. Their lead's down to eight games, so hopefully they can win a game tonight. But some breaking news out of the NFL, and this came out of nowhere, and I want to get your thoughts on this to see if you ever thought about this, but Trent Richardson traded from Cleveland to Indianapolis for a first-round pick next year. Man, does this catch you off guard? Oh, I mean, I never would have thought that the one player that the Cleveland Browns have, uh, they would trade him away. I mean, what does that re- and what does that really say, uh, Tarvin? When when you think about the state of the Cleveland Browns, are they just are they just waving the white flag after two games, or do they have a plan for the future? I, I mean, I I don't know, but this definitely caught me off guard. I mean, I would have never expected. Uh, Trent Richardson to be traded to anywhere. I, I thought he was going to be a Cleveland Brown at least for at least for his rookie contract. If they were going to trade him away, I figured it'd be after his you know his contract was up. Yeah, I mean it's one year. I mean you you trade up if I if I'm not mistaken, Cuervo, Cleveland traded up to number three to get Trent Richardson, and they gave up a pretty good bid. And all of a sudden now they're trading him away and. I mean, I, I haven't studied it, but what kind of draft pick do they get in the first round? Uh, is it high, low, medium? Well, I guess it, it. Well, it all depends on how Indianapolis does. They're going to get Indianapolis's first pick, uh, if I'm not mistaken, for next year. So it all depends on how the Colts do this year. Yeah, I was just wondering if they had another. Maybe Cleveland had, or Indianapolis had another one or something already established or something, you know, from a previous year. But, but yeah, if the Colts do very well this year with Trent Richardson, which could be possible, man, it's going to hurt Cleveland, won't it? I mean, what, what if Indianapolis makes a deep run in the playoffs and all of a sudden they're, you know, third from the bottom or something picking in this draft? I think that's going to hurt them in a way. I mean, it can, but, I mean, what what this does for the Colts, though, is it gives them a lot better balance. Um, yep. You know, I mean, yep. say what you want about Ahmad Bradshaw and, 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 you know, these other guys that they have. Big Ballard goes out for the season. So um, I can understand why Indianapolis would make a move like that. It just, you know, it just seems to me that Cleveland just felt like Richardson just wasn't their guy. So, but it's just, it, like, again, it surprises me, though, because, I mean, he, he's only played – you know, not barely one full year uh, in the NFL, so it kind of it kind of surprises me. Yeah, but hey, I have a special announcement to make before we get going in our uh, in our uh, weigh in sports contest where we pick all the games. Cuervo, we have two winners this week: Brian Burgess, he's in the chat room now, and Jason Humphrey. They both lost one game. I think it was one or maybe two, uh, but I I went. What did I go? Thirteen and two, and I lost the competition. So that's how that's how good these guys were this week. They went fourteen and one out of fifteen games, Cuervo. So they're going to be coming in on the show in a little while, picking the games with us on the college. So I'm interested to, especially Brian Burge is coming on to pick the Auburn LSU game. He's a big LSU fan, so I'm wondering if he's going to pull the trigger, Cuervo, and pick the Auburn Tigers in an upset this game. But we'll see what he says. But my question to you, Cuervo, is Trent Richardson. I mean, and this is some Alabama players that I've noticed, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, 
the the Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, you can name them on and on. The defensive players, they never pan out in the NFL because they get injured. I wonder if Cleveland got rid of him because they see the writing on the wall with Trent Richardson is, A, he can't stay healthy, and, and they just don't want to deal with that. They would rather build for the future and maybe get some more draft picks. But, I mean, it's like they're giving him away almost. And I think it's because he can't stay healthy. What are your thoughts on his health? And, and will he be able to stay healthy in Indianapolis? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that, and, and that's, if that's the reason Cleveland did it, I can definitely understand why. I mean, you invest a number three overall pick, which, just, you know, to answer your question real quick, they, they moved up one spot. They traded with Minnesota last year uh, to get Richardson at number three. They, they probably could have gotten him at number four, but they, but they decided that they wanted to trade up that one spot and get Richardson. But you're right. I mean, you know, you talked about Ingram and you talked about Richardson. Hell, you could even go back to Sean Alexander. He had a couple of good years. He was an MVP, uh, you know, back in the early 2000s. However, you know, injuries injuries killed his career. So, I mean, you can go, like I said, you can go back to when Sean Alexander was in the NFL. And, uh, you know, he I – th- I think Cleveland, uh, you know, I, I think you're right. I mean, you know, injuries were starting to hit him. And, uh, you know, like Paul said in the chat room, I don't think – I don't think the Browns is an organization – uh, you know, they didn't feel like he fit what they were trying to do. So um, my initial my initial thought was it was just it was surprising because I just felt like, you know, Richardson was the one piece that they did have uh, aside, you know, Joe Thomas at left tackle. But other than that, I mean, what can you really what can you really brag about if you're a Cleveland Browns fan? What player can you really say, hey, this guy makes a difference on our team? There's really nobody that does. So. That's why it kind of surprised me. However, when when you take a step back and you really think about it, and, and you and you said this to me, Tarvin, you, and you're absolutely right. You have to you have to think about, um, you know, the, the the how do you say it, the the long term of it. You know, is he going to be able to stay healthy? Is he going to be a guy that can get you 1,200 yards a season? Is he going to be a guy that can get you at least eight touchdowns a season? And right now, from the looks of it. It doesn't look like he can be that guy. So, um, you know, maybe maybe three years from now we're saying, Dan, Cleveland did the right thing. I mean, you never know. Well, I could understand that this was three years into this into his his uh, you know his contract, and maybe he wasn't panning out as much. And then you change, but you had to know last year that maybe he wasn't going to fit into your organization. I mean, you found out now, and I think it's they found out that he didn't a he didn't want to be there possibly or b. You just you're smart. You actually figured it out. Look, we we made a bad investment here with Trent Richardson, and we're going to try to get rid of him, and we're going to get as much as we can for him. So it's it's not terrible that they got the first round pick next year. At least they're tr- they're doing something. But that sends a message if you're the Cleveland fans is we don't give a crap about this year. We're going to lose every game. So how does that affect attendance for Cleveland? I mean, if you're a Cleveland fan right now, do you really go out and support this team that's starting a third string quarterback this year? Over the second one, just traded the running back, and they're going to get Willis McGahee. I thought he was about 60 years old now to come join your team if he passes a physical. But what do the fans think about this, do you think? Well, if if I'm a Browns fan, uh, Brian, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I mean, like you said, uh, you know, you're, you're pretty much giving the season up. You're waving the white flag, and 
I mean, we we've seen that in sports. You know, let's face it, the Houston Astros. You know, they pretty much uh, they pretty much wave the white flag for the next couple of years. But that's baseball. That's you know, hundred and some odd games a season, and that it, it's a different sport. The NFL makes you know so way so much more money, and, and people are so much more invested emotionally into baseball. Unless you're a hardcore baseball fan, like like the scorekeeper, for example, and there's not many of them out there anymore because. As they say, baseball is America's pastime, but you know, football is different. I mean, that's that's the sport in today's you know, in today's world in, in in America. And for a team to wave the white flag, I mean, we don't see that often in the NFL. So it it it. I think if you're a Brown fan, you got to be pretty pretty pissed off about it. Yeah, and Cuervo, I want to talk about something Paul said in the chat room. He said, he said it. This is Chud's first year and everything, and it didn't fit his system. Well, if you're Cleveland and you're going to hire a coach, say, you know, in the front office, you're looking at it, don't you really – do you hire a coach or, or anything that doesn't think that Trent Richardson's able to be used in that offense and stuff? I mean, really, Trent Richardson's your franchise player, correct? If you're Cleveland, you, you, you got your third pick in the first round, you got Trent Richardson – the future is looking bright, in your opinion. And then all of a sudden, I don't want people to blame that on the uh, any kind of front office and the coach didn't want to use him. They didn't see him fitting into their offense. That's BS. They don't see him staying healthy. They don't think he's the player. They made a mistake. And that's exactly what happened, Cuervo. They made a mistake, and I commend them for doing something about it. Instead of sitting here just saying, oh, we, we messed up. We've just got to keep playing him. We have to keep playing him. But I, I commend them for trying to get better at least and, and cutting their losses while they can because, you know, some people have said, Cuervo, and we've talked about this on the show, you know, a lot of players for Alabama, I mean, they were big and strong when they played at Alabama. I mean, just huge, and they, they ran away with it. And then all of a sudden when they get to the pros, they get hurt. And I, I wonder, and people have said, and I'm not, I don't know anything, trust me, except the deer antler thing we saw last year. Could it be performance-enhancing drugs, Cuervo, maybe in the NFL test board? You can't use them because when you don't take steroids, if you're used to taking them, your body starts falling apart. You start getting these injuries all the time. Yeah, you're right. And, and I mean, I thought, I thought it was crazy that when you first, when you first said that to me, when you, me, when you messaged me. And, but, you know, I, I, I thought about it. Like I said, I took a step back and I was like, well, you know, you got a point. You know, Ingram is the same way. Uh, none of the quarterbacks out of Alabama in the past 10 years have panned out in the NFL. And, I mean, Julio Jones, to me, is the best representative to come out of Alabama, unless somebody can name somebody else. Right now, I think the best player that's come out of Bama in recent years is Julio Jones. So, I, I, I mean... Well, he's, he's hurt all the time, too. He's hurt. He's questionable every game, every game. Uh, I mean, he is. However, he's he still he still goes out there and produces. Is what I, was what I'm getting at. Yep. I mean, he's yep. he's one of the top receivers in the NFL. And you know, that's another thing too, Tarvin. Now that now that we're on the subject of receivers, if you think about it, you know, I think. Possibly what's going on, too, is, you know, the, the Cleveland Browns are slowly going to start to become a passing team. And 
you know, they're saying, you know what, we don't need this running back. We're going to become a passing team because it's a passing league. The only way we're going to keep up with, you know, in the AFC North, let alone the AFC, is if we be, if we become a passing team like the NFL is. We can't live in the 80s and the 90s anymore. we got to become a more explosive offense, and I, and I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah, and, and you know what? With Julio, you know, he does play. He's banged up, but it's a receiver position, Cuervo. I think you can play a little banged up, especially if it's not, you know, in your ankle or knee all the time. I think you can play and still get out there and perform. Julio Jones is an animal. He's a beast. I mean, he doesn't care. But he's just one of those players. I think he's just a phenomenal athlete. But he plays with a lot of aches and pains and injuries, nicks and bruises. He doesn't. He's never been healthy. Even at Alabama, he played the entire season with a broken hand. I mean. This is a receiver. It, 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 you have two hands to catch a ball, and he has a broken one, and he's still one of the best receivers in college at that time. So there's something with Julio Jones. He, he deals with pain very well, I think. But Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram, and some of the defensive players you could name, they, they haven't panned out. You remember Andre Smith, the big lineman for Alabama? He didn't pan out either, yep. Cuervo. He's still playing yep. and everything, but he's, he's not near what he was supposed to be. No, and he's not even a starting uh, offensive lineman anymore. Rolando McClain, he lasted two years in Oakland, and now he's fighting to, to you know, have a spot on the Baltimore Ravens because I think the Ravens picked him up, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, But you know what? I haven't seen him. I haven't even seen him play yet. So, um, you know, that's another, that's another guy from the long list of uh, players from Alabama that really haven't panned out. And we haven't even talked about the quarterbacks yet. I know. I mean, they 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 really haven't had any quarterbacks that that have been NFL caliber yet. But let's talk about Eddie Lacy coming to – let's watch him this year, Cuervo. And I think he's going to be another running back that's banged up a lot. I, I think he's going to miss some time, even in Green Bay's offense where they throw it a lot. If he starts missing time, Cuervo, let's, let's just watch that and see. The guy's phenomenal. Uh, he's big. But did you see how much weight he put on? after the season was over? Oh, yeah. That, he had a gut on him. I mean, you can try to hide <laughs> it all you want, but that, I mean, you can see that thing hanging out, and, and they're like, oh, no, it's just the angle of the picture. Really? That's the best excuse you can come up with, the angle of the picture? Nah, that boy put on weight. And, I mean, he's out of shape. You know, I mean, you got to stay in shape as a running back in order to stay healthy and not get injured. And uh, Eddie Lacy, yeah, I think he learned his lesson. And Paul, the the guy that's got an answer for everything, and uh, he's a he's a genius at every subject we talk about. Says the photo was fake, but I saw the photo that was fake. But I saw also the three that weren't. So, and actually, did, did you see him at the combine, Cuervo? You know, I watched some of the combine. I honestly don't remember uh, seeing Lacey specifically. Uh, did he? Did it look like he packed weight on at the combine too? No, I just remember him talking about him. You know, they were talking about him at the Combine, how much weight he gained and, and how he was performing and everything. But I, I like the guy. I think he's going to be good if he stays in shape. If he stays in shape and he, he does what he's supposed to, he'll be fine. But I worry about his health. And these are – Trent Richardson, we talked about him. He's one of the strongest running backs I've ever seen in my life. The guy can bench press. There's no telling how much he can bench press. And I know he can squat probably a thousand pounds almost. The guy's just a beast. 
And maybe it's the fact, Cuervo, that they use him so much in Alabama and the SEC conference, you could say, that maybe in the NFL, you know, running back only has a, a lifespan of a few years, and maybe their best years are used up in college. I'm sorry, you were breaking up, Brian. Say that one more time. I said, you know, some of the wear and tear from college, running backs only have a few good years in them sometimes, and maybe their their best years are being used up in college because Nick Saban runs those running backs. Alabama runs the football better than any team, and so it could have just been adding up the, the wear and tear on those tires, really, you know. I mean that's that's that is a good point. I mean Alabama is a running team. I mean they they throw the ball too, but at the same time, you know, as as we've seen in years past, you know, the past you know ten years, uh, Alabama produces a lot of good running backs, and um, you know Yeldon's going to be the next one to come out. We'll see how he does once he gets to the next level too. It, it, honestly, I mean I don't see anything different. I mean I think Yeldon's going to be another guy that just kind of breaks down after two or three seasons in the NFL. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's a there's a lot to talk about here. And I don't know, Trent Richardson, I don't think – I wonder why he feels about this. Do you think he's excited, Cuervo, to be able to go to the Indianapolis and play with Andrew Luck in that offense? I mean, if I was Richardson, I would be very excited to be able to play indoors for most of the – but for the most part. And seventy-two degree weather instead of Cleveland and that cold in the winter time, really. Oh yeah, he's ecstatic, Brian. I, I can tell you that right now. If I'm Trent Richardson, <laughs> I'm ecstatic. You're playing on a better football team, a, t- a team that made the playoffs last year. Say what you want about they overachieved, you know. Which you know, I I agree with everybody that that says that they did overachieve. However, that doesn't take away the fact that they were a playoff team last year, and not just that. But you think about it, uh, I almost called you Sonny again. Brian, um, <laughs> you think about it, um, he he changes, he goes from having to face Baltimore twice, the Steelers twice, and, I mean, the, the Bengals have a good defense too. Every defense in that division is outstanding. Now he gets to face the Jacksonville Jaguars. He gets to face the Tennessee Titans. And, uh, I mean, Houston is like the only – good defense in that division. So, I mean, that 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 right there could could equal better numbers for Richardson. But, again, as long as he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, I'm a, I like Trent Richardson. I always have. I think he's a great running back, just like I've always liked Julio Jones. I never liked Mark Ingram, though. I can't stand that guy. I never have, never will. I think he's a bust, and I said it from the – I thought Trent Richardson was going to have a good NFL career, and he still can. I mean, he's still young and everything. But I look for Trent Richardson to actually, you know, use this as motivation and uh, chip on his shoulder in a way. Even though it's a good move for him, I think he's still going to take it personal in a way, and he's going to show Cleveland what they're missing. So good luck to Trent Richardson. Hope he does very well. And Eddie Lacy, actually. We talked about him. But Mark Ingram, I know Brian Burgess in the chat room is a big Saints fan. He can't stand him. In New Orleans. So where, where can Mark Ingram go, Cuervo? Chicago? Uh, thanks, but no thanks. I think we're we're okay with Matt Forte here. I, I'll tell you what, though, Brian, at the beginning of the season, uh, in the preseason, I was about ready to, uh, you know, put Matt Forte on the, on the trading, my personal trading block. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the way, the way Mark Tressman is using him, 
Uh, I mean, that's that's what I've been waiting to see. I mean, he's a, you know he had uh, he, he's he's being used a lot. And I mean, if you're going to ask for the money, which that's pretty much what he did last year, and uh, you know, you better you better perform. And now that he's got an offensive-minded coach, I mean, so far through two games, uh, I can't I can't be disappointed in what I've seen from Forte. But I mean, a place that Ingram can go to, mm, that's that's tough. I mean, I I, I mean. New Orleans, New Orleans, in, in all reality, I don't know. From what I've seen, I really hate that. I mean, they've they're they're pretty committed to Darren Sproles, from what I've seen. So, and it all depends on his health too, because I don't know. Did didn't he suffer a concussion on that on that hit by Deshaun Goldson? I think he did. Yeah. So I mean, it. it, it I, you you got to wait and see what happens with Sproles, but I think a team, well, that's tough. I mean, are the Giants happy with their running game? You know, David Wilson can't hold on to the football, and, um, you know, the, their backup, their backup, I don't think they're really that confident with. So, I mean, you could take a, he could take a chance, you know, the Giants could take a chance on Ingram. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers could, they, they can get any help they can get. I mean, they, they, they need something. They need Franco Harris to come back. They need something to happen with the running game because what they've got going on over there is just not working. So, I mean, the Steelers I think could easily, you know, make a make some sort of uh, trade offer for Mike Mark Ingram. You know, the, I think the Steelers are, are in a lot of trouble when it comes to the offensive side of the football. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And let me get the call-in number before we preview our NFL game, 646-716-5564. We're going to run through these, and Cuervo loves the NFL, so um, he's excited tonight. And, Cuervo, we're going to talk about some other games besides the five that Trey picked for us. But let's start in the NFL, a big game, our number five game, the Atlanta Falcons with a one-and-one record are on the road at the surprising 2-0 and Miami Dolphins, a team that, you know, we didn't think it was going to be that good this year. They're 2-0, and and seeing all the problems at New England, this team has a legitimate shot, in my opinion, to win this division because you never know how New England's going to fare uh, with all their problems at receiver. So, Cuervo, I mean, I think Miami's actually favored in this game by a couple of points. Who are you going with and why? Well, you know, I mean, I haven't looked at the line, so – it, it would kind of surprise me if Miami was favored. Uh, I think even though the, the Falcons have some injury questions at wide receiver, I mean, you still got to like a, a 70% Julio Jones over Miami's best defensive back, uh, you know, best corner. Um, just from a matchup standpoint, I think you still got to go with the Falcons. Um, and then, you know, Defensively, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is, you know, is going to be able to beat the pass rush of uh, Atlanta because it's starting to come on. I mean, OCU Minora woke up last week, and uh, you know he got himself a couple of big plays, and and uh, you know Atlanta's Atlanta's defense is going to slowly but surely get better. I think throughout the season, so I still like the Falcons, Brian. Uh, I, I don't think I could go with the upset. I can't pull the trigger on this one. Well, I went with the Dolphins 
who they over Indianapolis this week. You and I both did Cuervo in an upset pick on the road at Indy. Well, I like the Dolphins coming home. You know, this won't be an upset since they're barely favored, but I just like what they're doing. I don't have much confidence in the Falcons on the road, actually, and that's that's one of the reasons here. Tannehill's is playing decent this year, and Miller's rushing the ball decent. I mean, they, they don't have any superstars on that team, really, but Miami's a very, very confident team right now, and Atlanta feels good about that win. They lost to New Orleans week one. They bounced back in and beat St. Louis, but I think Miami at home, Cuervo, is is where the pick is this week. I think a lot of people will be on Atlanta, and, you know, let's go over Tannehill real quick. He's 23-34 for 319 last week. I mean, this kid is can throw the ball, and I said he would suck. I mean, this kid didn't even start playing quarterback until college, did he? Wasn't he a receiver in high school? So I think a lot of people maybe will be on Atlanta, but I'm going to pick Miami in an upset in a way to go 3-0, and and I don't think anybody in the world has Miami going 3-0 and Cuervo to start this season. No, I mean, you never know. Uh, you never know. Uh, I'm not saying Miami's a bad team. I just I just don't think uh, defensively they'll be able to slow the Falcons down. And the only, the only thing I would say that could give Miami a chance is that my, Atlanta's going to be pretty one-dimensional, I think, uh, with Steven Jackson probably not going to play in this game, at least from what I know. Uh, he's going to be out. So, uh, And and, and Jacquez Rogers, I mean, he's not he's no slouch, but at the same time, I don't think he's a, uh, he's a starting running back in the NFL just yet either. So, um, you know, I mean, as long as Miami can, you know, not become one-dimensional, then I, I don't think I don't think Miami has a defense to slow him down. Okay, well, we we split on this, and that's what I like, Cuervo. I like when we when we disagree sometimes, you know, and that's that's a good thing right now. Uh, you have Atlanta, I have Miami. The next game's uh, this is an intriguing game, very intriguing. The Indianapolis Colts one and one on the road against the one and one Forty Niners, coming off that embarrassing uh, defeat at Seattle on Sunday night. And I know Trent Richardson. There's no possible way. Cuervo, he can learn the offense, but he can at least carry the ball when they put it in his chest and uh, let him run with it. So what do you think about this game? I mean, I know the Niners are a decent favorite in this game. I think they're about a a 10.5-point favorite over the Colts, and I I don't know. This is going to be a good game. Does Andrew Luck have what it takes to go on the road and play a defense like he's going to see against San Francisco? Nah, he's, he's not ready yet. Tarvin, I, I don't give Indianapolis much of a chance in this one. I think San Francisco rolls. There's a reason why they're a ten point favorite. Um, I think I think uh, Colin Kaepernick is in for a big game. So, um, the, the, you know, one of my my fantasy locks the week and whatever you want to call it. I think if you have Colin Kaepernick on your on your fantasy team, you've got to put him in. Yeah, unless you have like Rodgers or something, you have to put Kaepernick in your starting lineup because I think he's going to have a big day. And um, wow. Because I think they're going to push that defense or that yeah that defense of the Colts around. Well, bad news. I'm playing Trey in fantasy, and he has Kaepernick. So I hope he's not listening to your advice here. I hope he benches Kaepernick and actually plays. And before this show's over, I'm going to have to get some fantasy advice from everybody out there in the chat room and you, Cuervo. But I'm with you. I think the Colts' defense is not going to be able to to hang with San Francisco. 
And coming off a loss like that, you know San Francisco is going to bounce back at home, Cuervo. There's no doubt in my mind that they come back. They made the Super Bowl last year. They Their defense is loaded. Their offense is, is good as well. I look for San Francisco to come in and actually shut down that Indianapolis offense. I think Richardson's going to struggle. I mean, you think about it. He, he might not have been too thrilled about getting traded in his first week he plays is on the road at San Francisco against that defense. That's not a good welcoming uh, reception he's going to get in that game. I like San Francisco pretty big. I'm thinking something like 31 to 13, something like that. I'm going to say 31 13, San Fran. They get it done two and one, one and two. The Colts, the Colts will they'll bounce back, but it, they're not going to be as good as last year as we discussed, Cuervo. So both of us like San Francisco. Let's go to the chat room where Jason Humphreys likes the 49ers. Uh, Paul Ewing takes the Niners, and Brown Burgess takes the Niners. We both took the Niners, so it's uh, everybody's picking it. Let's go back. Jason Humphrey picked Atlanta to win that one, by the way, and Brown Burgess as well. I didn't see Paul's pick, but Cuervo, everybody's on San Francisco, and I don't blame them. I mean, that's just a game right now where you have to look at what happened last week. You have to just look at that San Fran defense. So you're going to lay the 10-and-a-half, man. Are you going to bet on it? Yeah, I probably will. Uh, as long as I remember, because I, I totally whiffed on <laughs> everything last week. I, I just totally, because I had to work and stuff like that, so I totally forgot everything to put money on any game. But you know what? It was a good thing because um, I was going to put money on, uh, what game was it? I can't remember, but I know it was. It would have been a loss for me. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a good thing I didn't do it. I probably would be a little angry right now. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to, as long as I remember to, to, you know, put that bet in, um, I'm going to definitely take the 49ers. I don't even see them scoring 13 points. You said 31-13. I see something like a 27-3 or 27-7 type game. I, th- I think San Francisco wow. defense shuts, completely shuts the Colts down. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think they're going to shut them down. And that's a that's a good game to watch, though. I'm glad I have the ticket for this one. I'm sure it won't be on locally here. So, number three, the 2-0 and Texans going on the road to Baltimore Ravens 1-1. One and one. And actually, believe it or not, I'm sure you do, the Houston Texans are a two-and-a-half point favorite on the road. It started at one, it went up to three, and now it's back down to two-and-a-half. So, looking at this game – I don't know. It all comes down to Joe Flacco, Cuervo. Does he have what it takes to home against the Houston Texans defense? It's not bad to get a win. I mean, I think this is the turning point, you know, for Baltimore. If they lose this game, it's going to be a long season. But if they can somehow pull out a win, they could get some momentum going. And Ray Rice's health is a question as well. Very true. And, you know, I'm I'm surprised. I mean, I think the only reason that this is a – Excuse me, a two-point spread is because the game is in Baltimore. If this game was in Houston, I mean, you could you could put the put it at seven, and I'll take the points. Or I'd actually no, I'm sorry, I'd give the points because I just don't think Baltimore has it this year. I mean, look at last week; they they, they struggled to beat a Cleveland Browns team that now we know has officially waved the white flag, and. Uh, uh, they got embarrassed on opening night by the Denver Broncos, so I, I just don't, I just don't see anything, any reason to take the, uh, you know, the, uh, the the Ravens in this football game. So, with it being only a two point spread, yeah, give me the Texans all day. 
Yeah, I think they said in the chat room they did about the defense. That's why I'm taking Houston in this game is their defense is going to be able to, you know, to stop any big plays of, of Baltimore. And you look at Rice, the way he, he got shut down last week. I mean, it was embarrassing the way they played with, with Ray Rice. Now if he's injured and he's not going to play, I don't I don't know what they do in order to move the ball because you know you can't you can't depend on Joe Flacco Cuervo to, to get it done really especially in the regular season now if this was the AFC Championship game I would probably take Baltimore because this guy wins it all the time in those big games but hey I'm going with Houston there's a reason like you said Cuervo there's a reason they're favored they're on the road and favored they're a better football team. And I like him to win. I look for Andre Johnson to have a big game in this one. I'm going to start him in my fantasy lineup this week. So we'll see. Everybody in the chat room, it looks like, is taking Houston as well. I'm not seeing anybody picking Baltimore. So we'll keep our eye on that one. And now this gets to the fun part, these two games. And this is a team, Cuervo, that you started the year and you took them to win the division. You took them to win the NFC East. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles are home with a 1-1 one and one record against the 2-0 and o Kansas City Chiefs. The Eagles are trying to bounce back after a disappointing loss against San Diego. But the good thing about it, they're home. And and they have this offense going, Cuervo. The Chiefs come in very confident. So I'm, I'm interested to see who you pick in this game because I have a feeling you're going to take the Eagles. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, this game is in uh, – yeah, it's in Philly, so – you know, I, I, yeah, it, it is a, it is a Thursday night game. Um, I'm worried about Philly's confidence right now. I mean, because they 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 gave San Diego that game last week. I mean, there, there's no way they should have let you know Eddie Royal of all receivers burn them for three touchdowns. So I'm worried about where is Philly at as far as from a confidence standpoint. Are they starting to really you know, guess themselves? Uh, you know, as far as how talented are they, I think I think Chip Kelly's going to have to get these guys together and say, look, it's a short week. Uh, we're, we're a good football team, and, and I think I just think that um, he's going to have to keep get his guys focused, refocused. You know, like I said, it's a short week, and and there's going to be a lot of emotion. Andy Reid returns to Philadelphia, so that'll be interesting to see how he's welcomed back to the city of Philly, uh, you know, Philly. And, um, uh, I mean, they, they booed Santa Claus for God's sake. So imagine what they're going to do with Andy Reed. Um, but I mean, you know, like Jason said, I mean, they can't hold the lead. They're going to have to, they're going to have to find a way to do that. I mean, they, they were up in that game. And like I said, they just let it go. So defensively, they're going to have to learn to be stronger in, in, in the fourth quarter because if they're up, you know, by seven points in this game in the fourth quarter and they and they just let it go, then they're going to wind up losing this football game. Um, however, I think at the end of the day, I think Philly does win. I just think that, uh, you know, offensively they're going to be able to find the you know the, the weaknesses in in the Chiefs defense. And they got good linebackers, the defensive backs. Eh, Eric Berry's a good defensive back, uh, you know, Tennessee, but other than that, I mean, I think Deshaun Jackson, you know, has the uh has the speed to to beat the, you know, the secondary and 
they just have to recognize that. So I, I think I think it'll be a close game, but um, I think the Eagles win, and uh, you know, LeSean McCoy is going to have to you know be utilized, uh, you know, in many different ways as well. Yeah, I just I think Philadelphia home and Andy Reid coming back is going to. It's going to make Chip Kelly want to prove something. He, he, you know, the the guy that left is coming back home, and you know, if they start cheering him, I think it's going to make Kelly even try harder uh, to show that hey, you got rid of him for a reason. This is a there's a new you know sheriff in town. Really, I like Philadelphia in this game because of their offense, of course, and and at home, Cuervo, I think their defense will be able to find something maybe to especially a night game on a Thursday night to give them. It, it let them down on Sunday. It actually let them down their first game against Washington and, and gave up a big lead. But you got to think they're going to get better on defense. And I think it's perfect that Kansas City's coming in. I mean, they're not going to get burned with the long ball against Alex Smith. He can't throw it. So I think they'll be able to play a better defense, put some pressure, uh, even to stop the run. I look for them to put pressure to stop the run and to get pressure on Smith. I just think this offense is, is good, especially early in the season. Kansas City coming off a big game against Dallas probably hasn't had the time to really prepare for this kind of offense yet. Believe it or not, they've been looking ahead. I mean, they weren't looking ahead. They had two tough games to start out the year besides that Jacksonville game. So they played Dallas, won that Cuervo. I like Philly to win this game by probably a touchdown. I like the over 51 in this game. I think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Anytime the Eagles play, you can bet the over because they're going to score and they can't stop people. But they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home, a night game. I like them. I think everybody in the chat room is picking Kansas City right now. And you and I are picking Philly. So we'll see about that one. It's going to be fun to see. And our number one game, the Packers, the one-and-one Packers against the Bengals, one-and-one, going to Cincinnati. I mean, this is a big game, Cuervo. This is huge for both teams. Cincinnati doesn't want to start one and two, and neither does Green Bay. Going on the road here in Cincinnati, I think Green Bay is like a three-point favorite, Cuervo. Give us your thoughts on this one. Well, Brian, when I look at this one, um, you know, I I think about the quarterback matchup, you know, where Rodgers and and Andy Dalton, uh, who's going to put their team in a better position to win. And this game is uh, actually going to be in Cincinnati, so uh, I think that makes it really interesting. If this game is in Lambeau, um, I I really don't see Green Bay losing. However, the game being in Cincinnati could really make things interesting. And I think I think the you know the the Bengals have found them another weapon in uh, Gio Bernard. I mean, they have to they have to recognize like, wow, this guy you know this guy is somebody that we can use and somebody that that can add another uh, element to the offense. It's not just, hey, throw it up to A.J. Green all the time. I mean, they've got two good tight ends. They have, you know, Green Ellis for their, for their third down, you know, you know scrap, scrap some yards up and whatnot. But I think, I think they need to go out there and they need to use Gio Bernard a little bit more than they did uh, in Monday night's game, for example. So, um I think that uh, this is a tough one, Brian. I mean, it, it, it really, in reality, it's, it's a toss-up, I think. But I think at the end of the day, maybe this is just a Bear fan in me talking, but I think Cincinnati at home finds a way to get it done. And it's it's going to be like a one- or a two-point game. But I think the Bengals find a way to get it done. This is an opportunity for them to really 
um, set the tone for, for their season. And if they're going to become a playoff team again and get past the first round, it's games like this in week three that they have to win. So I think I think Cincinnati gets it done. I think they win this football game. Well, looking at the chat room, Paul Ewing is picking the Cincinnati Bengals. Brown Burgess is picking the Packers. And, you know, when I first looked at this game, Jason Humphrey sent me as well. When I first looked at this game, I did like Green Bay a little bit. But as the week went on, Cuervo, so far as Wednesday, I just – I just think Cincinnati has a lot of talent, and I think at home they're a good team. Andy Dalton is going to manage this game. He's going to give the ball to Bernard. He's going to find his weapons. He's going to take what Green Bay gives them. And let's face it, Green Bay doesn't have a great defense. Let's let's just establish that right now. Can they get pressure on Aaron Rodgers? That's the key. I think they will be able to at home, and they're going to pull the upset. I mean, Green Bay's a three-point favorite on the road, and it's because of that offense they have, Cuervo. Vegas is scared, uh, you know, to put it any put it much lower than that, just in case Aaron Rodgers has a game like he had last week. I mean, he destroyed the Redskins, and that's why the line's like that right now. And if you look at the perception, people know Green Bay, they know Aaron Rodgers. Not many people know much about Cincinnati unless you watch HBO and watch the, uh, you know, the whatever that's called. What's that called, show called? Uh, hard Knocks. Yeah, Hard Knocks. I'm sorry. They watch Hard Knocks, and then you start beginning to know that team. The Cuervo, Cincinnati's a talented team, let's face it. I mean, they have a lot of talent on that team, and I think they're hungry for a win. The fact they're 1-1 one and, one and they're desperate for a win here at home, I think they're going to get it. So I'm excited about this game. Uh, I'm picking Cincinnati with the upset. And let's let's look at a couple more games real quick before we move in the NFL. Um, let's see, your Bears actually are playing the Steelers on Sunday night football at Pittsburgh, two-and-a-half-point favor. Just real quick, Cuervo, what do you think? Can Pittsburgh bounce back? I mean, they look bad right now, man. Hey, you know, they do look bad, Brian. Um, I will say this, though. You know how sometimes you get that funny feeling, even even though your team should win, Okay. The Bears, for some reason, they when they're on the road on Sunday night football, they forget how to play, and that really scares me, especially because they're going into Pittsburgh of all of all places. I mean, I want the Bears to win. Don't get me wrong. I just I just have this funny feeling though that for some odd reason, that the Steelers are going to come out like a totally they're going to look like a totally different team. And I and I actually I actually think they could you know beat the Bears. I mean I of course I don't want that to happen like I said, but you know how sometimes you just you just have that funny feeling that uh, that it could happen and, and and this is one of those games where I think we could see we could see a shocker. Yeah, I mean it's over for them if they go zero and three, it's over. Pittsburgh is done, but Ben Roethlisberger, he's known to, to pull something out of his butt sometimes. I think this could be a case, so we'll watch that closely. We'll talk about it on our show Sunday night. And the last game I want to talk about, we're going to talk about the Jets are at home, Cuervo, and they're a three-point favorite over the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo uh, pulled one out against Carolina in the last seconds because of that sorry defense. And So, so tell me, should the Jets be favored in this game? Over Buffalo. Oh, and you I bet you were heated about that one, weren't you, Brian? I mean I can tell. Just the way you said that you well, were heated about well, that I'm, one. Well I'm gonna go back real quick and, and the reason I'm heated, I saw several teams do it. Minnesota did it, 
Carolina did it. They had a chance to put the nail in the coffin and go up two scores. But, yeah, what they do is they kick a field goal, and then all of a sudden the touchdown beats you. And that's what happened to Minnesota, and that's what happened to Carolina. And I think it was another team I'm trying to think of. But I just these these teams that set up for a field goal instead of being aggressive and scoring a touchdown inside the red zone, I have no respect for And I lost a lot of respect for the Minnesota Vikings and the Carolina Panthers in those two games. But, okay, I'm done. Go ahead, Cuerpo. (laughs) No, I mean, you know, I I figured you'd want to, you know, touch on that real quick as far as your guy Cam Newton. But um, They look terrible. They look terrible. I mean, I've never seen him look that bad before, honestly. I've watched him play. He had wide open passes down the field that he overthrew. He looked like Nick Marshall for Auburn the other day, throwing it over over the – he hit the stands a couple of times almost. That's how, how bad he was off. I don't know if, if Cam Newton was paid off or he just sucks that bad, but, man, he hasn't played good at all this year. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Cam Newton getting paid off. Wouldn't surprise me, Tarvino. It wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, do you know – do you know that this Giants Panthers is actually as of right now it's a pick 'em game? The the spread is zero. So if you have a if you have a good feeling about either team, I'd jump on it now. Just throwing that out there to everybody. Um if you can get in right now on that Giants Panthers game and uh, it's a it's literally it's a pick 'em game, but Hey, um, hey, Cuervo, I'm going to get on the amount of turnovers. I'm going to bet over the amount of turnovers in that game. Probably said it's about six. You know Eli's going to throw four picks, and you know Carolina's going to fumble around three or four times. So I'm thinking eight is the magic number. <laughs> yeah, you never know. You never know. But uh, back to your original question, though, Brian, about how the Jets are favored. <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. I don't. I don't know why. Maybe because it's a home game for the Jets. Maybe because C.J. Spiller's playing like crap right now for Buffalo. Uh, I have no idea. Either that or, for some odd reason, people have that much faith in Geno Smith, and I don't see how you could have a lot of faith in Geno Smith. But, hey, I mean, the Jets are favored. I I, I don't get it. I think I think Buffalo is the better team. So, um I'm going to I'm going to go with the Bills. I think I think they they pull the quote-unquote upset. Oh, the Bills, huh? Yeah, I can't take the Jets, guys. I mean, it, it's almost, like Paul said, I mean, he can't believe they're favored either, but it almost looks like a sucker bet almost out there. But it is Buffalo. I mean, they're not good. Trust me, they're not good. They're on the road. They're probably thinking the Jets' defense wins this game. And I don't know, man. This is a tough game to pick. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Jets. Man, I know it's crazy. It sounds crazy. I know it does. But I'm going to pick the Jets at home to win just because of their defense. Uh, I think Manuel will struggle. I mean, Carolina's defense is not that good. But the Jets can play some defense, especially at home. So I'm going to pick the Jets. So let's pick, pick to the chat room real quick. Brian Burgess says Buffalo's the better team. And Paul's saying the Jets. And I'm going with the Jets, too. All right, guys. So we're through with the NFL right now. I'm excited. Hey, but uh, – Coughlin's younger brother died. You know, he slipped getting into a, a cab, and it just seems like he's really motivated his team with this, and they're inspired by it, wanting to play good for him. So 
I was going to go back to that Giants game real quick and tell people, watch out for that, because the Giants are playing with some emotion, and they're desperate too. So it's kind of hard to bet against Eli Manning and the Giants when this situation happens. So just to throw that out there real quick. So let's move on to college football, man. Cuervo, I mean, I know last week was a bad week for you. You know, the Oregon Ducks, 59-14 to 14 over your Tennessee Vols, and we're going to get to them in just a second. So I just want to keep you posted. We're going to talk about the Tennessee Volunteers in just a moment. Can you hear me okay, Cuervo? Yeah, I got you loud and clear, Brian. Okay, I'm just making sure. I'm hearing a little ring on my phone. It's my phone doing something. I don't know what's going on. But the first game, uh, San Jose State at Minnesota. The Gophers are 3-0. and They look like a powerhouse right now, Cuervo. San Jose comes in 1-1. One and one. The Gophers are about a four-point favorite in this game. I don't know how much you know about these teams, but who are you picking? Um, I, I mean – not that, not that. Uh, I don't know anything about San Jose State, but I think you want to talk about emotion. Uh, you know, the Gophers I think are playing with a lot of emotion too, because um, from what I from what I've heard, uh, their coach Jerry Kill had another. Uh, he had another. Um, uh, what is it called? Another? Was it a seizure, seizure. or? Yeah. yeah, he had another seizure on the sideline this past weekend, and, and I mean. You got to be concerned with that, as far as um, you know the Minnesota. And I don't know if he's going to be back for this game. If he's not, then you got to think that these players are, are thinking about their head coach, and they're going to go out there and they're going to play hard for their head coach. And um, you know, so it, it it just you know, I guess it, it's one of those things where you know you. You really see the the character of a football team when you know they're fighting through adversity. And right now, I mean, you know, their head coach is just his health is not is not great. So, how does Minnesota respond to that? How do they how do they go out there and how hard do they play for their coach? And I think I think that's what could you know really inspire Minnesota to go out there and and play hard against San Jose State. So. I think I think the Gophers win, um, you know, for that reason. And I just think, you know, with them being a Big Ten team, they, I mean, they for the most part they face better, they face better um, competition. So um, I'll, I'll take Minnesota. So that's a tough game. I wanted to take San Jose State. Looking at the athletes they have on their team, I mean, this is a team that can score points. I mean. Uh, I mean, they do have athletes out there in California, man. The San Jose State team comes all the way. It's a noon. It's a noon kickoff. That's why I like Minnesota Cuervo. Maybe in the second half, San Jose State wakes up a little bit, but I think early on, Minnesota plays with some emotion, some inspiration, and they get it done. And looking at the chat room, I think everybody's picking the Gophers probably. So we're going to go to our number nine game, which the Arkansas Razorbacks three and O, and Three and zero going at Rutgers, two and one, and previewing the season, Cuervo. I had Arkansas three and zero at this point, but this is where um, I think they start showing how good of a team they really are. And going to Rutgers is not an easy task. Well, no, it's not. And I mean, you know, you look at you look at what Rutgers has done so far. I mean, they're they're two and one. They they only lost. They only lost by one point. In overtime to, to Fresno State, so um, I mean 
or I'm sorry, that's I'm talking about Rutgers, not uh, not Arkansas. And um, so I mean, Rutgers could easily be three and zero as well. You know, if it wasn't for one or two plays, uh, they'd be three and zero. And you know, right now, I mean, this is this is the first real test, I guess you could say, for Rutgers. Um, you know, they they've beaten some you know easy competition so far, and you could say the same thing for Arkansas. So this is going to be a game where I think. Uh, you learn about both teams. How good are they really? So, uh, at the end of the day, though, uh, Brian, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, you know, I'm gonna go with Rutgers. I mean, I, I am an SEC guy. However, I think I think Rutgers finds a way to get the job done. Anybody there? Can you all hear me? I hear you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I was on mute. Oh, it's okay. I was like, what's going on here? I can't hear Brian anymore. All right. So where was I at? Arkansas's quarterback, guys, uh, Allen is out probably. He's doubtful. He's not going to play. This is a guy that's thrown for almost 400 yards and five touchdowns in their three wins. But the rookie, the freshman, Collins, 70 carries, 418 yards and two TDs. He's looking good right now. But Rutgers is a different team when they play at home. I do think Rutgers is favored now that Allen's not playing one and a half points. I like Rutgers uh, over the SEC right here. And then you'll get the talk that, you know, SEC sucks again. But, hey, Rutgers will beat Arkansas. They beat them last year. And they're going to beat him again. And I'm going to turn to the chat room and see what everybody's saying. Let's see. Nobody's picking it. So nobody cares about Arkansas. Is that what they're saying? Yeah, that's what they mean, Cuervo. So both of us are picking Rutgers in this game. And now let's start getting to the nitty-gritty. And now we're going to get to the real games here, the the harder games to pick. I like the Gophers in the first one, and I like Rutgers in the second game. The third game, Utah State at Southern Cal. Both teams are two and one. I don't know, Cuervo. This this has upset all over it to me. Yeah, you know what? That that is interesting, Brian. I mean, I, I I've been paying a little bit of attention to Utah State, and and uh, they are one of those teams that you know they could just they could come in and beat you at any point in time. So. Uh, I think USC, with everything going on with uh, you know Lane Kiffin and whatnot, I think it's a real, I think it's a real distraction in in my opinion. So um, USC is a seven point favorite. I don't know how strongly you disagree with that, um, but I think Utah State could actually cover that. So does he, I think USC will probably still win this game. I don't think it's going to be by a full seven points though. Well, I mean, here's the deal. Keaton for Utah State, I mean, he's a dual-threat quarterback. He's been playing since a true freshman, Cuervo. You remember the game Utah State came to Auburn, and Auburn had to have the miracle onside kick to win. That's the Keaton guy that was a quarterback as a true freshman that year. Now he's, what, a junior now. And so far this year, he's thrown almost 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. He's their leading rusher. Uh, right now, Cuervo. So, I don't know. This is a tough game. But one thing about it, USC's defense is good. 
but how long are they on the field? That's the key. Um, I think in the second half, Utah State could wear him down with Keaton. If he's moving the ball with his legs, he could wear a defense out. Man, I, I'm so close, man, to pulling this upset off. It's just – I just want to say that, that they're going to try to come back, Cuervo. I want to say they're going to try to come back and play with pride. They beat Boston College last week. But, again, that's Boston College. This is a seven-point spread right now. It's a 3.30 kickoff. Wow. I'm going to pull the upset in this game. I'm going to pick Utah State to beat Southern Cal Cuervo. That's mighty ballsy of you, Brian. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Trojans, though. I I think it's close, though. I think it's, like, literally probably about a three- or four-point game. Yeah, I just think Keaton's the real deal, and I just—I mean, I have no faith in in Southern Cal's offense, their quarterback play, to be able to get the ball to the playmakers. I just think Utah State's a gritty team. They lost their head coach, but I'm telling you, this team is dangerous, and we'll see what happens. I mean, that's why that's why we pick them. Jason Humphrey said in Southern Cal, thirty-eight to seventeen. Hey, Jason, you might be right, but save your picks for the show here in a few minutes, buddy. And Brian Burgess, make sure y'all call in in just a few. We're going to get y'all on the air here to get the two champions a chance to pick these games. And so number seven, Missouri at Indiana. Missouri's two and zero. Indiana is two and one. And this is a week, Cuervo, where there's not many big games out there. Anytime we have Indiana as a team in our pick 'em, it's going to be a tough day, you know, for college football games. But there's some more we're going to talk about. Indiana's at home. They can score a lot of points. The over-under in this game is 71, if that tells you anything. Missouri's a two-and-a-half-point favorite, Cuervo. Who do you like in this? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm going to say I'm, I, might, I might go with the upset, actually, to be <laughs> honest with you. What's, what's the spread on this one? Two-and-a-half. Missouri, two-and-a-half. Two, yes. That's, that's a really – that's a close one. Um, but I mean, like you said, I mean, Indiana puts up a lot of points and does Missouri have the defense to be able to stop Indiana? So nope. that, I think that's a legit question. So I, I think, I, I think I'll go with the Hoosiers. I'll, I'll take that upset. Hey, you know what? I'll take the upset too. Jason Humphrey's picking Indiana. Paul Ewing picking Indiana. Brian Burgess, Missouri. So is Brian that much smarter than all of us, or is, is he off on this one? We'll see. Missouri is favored in the game. They should win, but that Indiana team at home, they can put up some points. I've seen them do it. Uh, a very decent team at times. I mean, they're a, a mediocre Big Ten team, and they can score. They just can't tackle anybody. So we'll see. The next game, speaking of can't tackle anybody, we have Georgia Tech at home, 2-0 and right now. They're playing North Carolina, a one-and-one team that opened up at South Carolina and got beat down, Cuervo. I mean, does North Carolina match up with this Georgia Tech offense this game? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that one, Tarv. You know, I, 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 don't, I don't know if – because Georgia Tech – I mean, Georgia Tech is known for, you know, a lot of offense. And I think – from what I know, they they haven't really slowed down unless unless they're a different team now. Um, they're still they're still a high flying uh, offense. They score what forty forty something points a game. Um, yeah, fifty four. I'm sorry, fifty four points a game. So that's pretty that's pretty good. I mean, Elon and Duke. Yes, okay, fine. Those aren't really very competitive, but I mean. 
the way Georgia Tech is able to run the football, you know, is North Carolina even going to have a chance to score points? That's the question. Uh, so I think I think I'll go with uh, the Yellow Jackets in this one, Brian. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Yellow Jackets too in this game. They are at home, noon kickoff. Uh, I just think that offense is good, guys. The over under this is 60. I'm not very impressed with North Carolina. I watched them play against South Carolina. I wasn't very impressed with the way they moved the football. I wasn't impressed with their defense. But, uh, I mean, you never know. This team's going to be good in the future. I just think right now Georgia Tech's got the offense to be able to beat them at home. And I'm going to pick Georgia Tech, too. Let's see what the chat room's saying. Jason Humphrey's picking Georgia Tech. Paul Ewing, Georgia Tech. Brian Burgess, Carolina. Well, he's uh, against us in every game today. All right, Cuervo, the number five game. And this, I just want to know if this is an upset special of yours. Clemson, number three team, 2-0, and on the road at NC State, 2-0. and And the last time Clemson was number three and played NC State, they lost. And NC State beat Florida State, you know, last year. Uh, so this is a, an interesting game, Cuervo. Any chance you're giving North Carolina State to pull the upset at home on a Thursday night game. And I know Jonathan, he he always, uh, you know, emphasizes the Thursday night game, Cuervo. Give us your give us your take on this one. Yeah, Brian, from what I remember, when we talked about this game uh, before the season started, I think a lot of us actually picked NC State to win this game. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, times change. <laughs> okay. Um, Clemson looks very strong right now. I mean, they look they look really good. I mean, I think I under I might have underestimated Clemson a little bit. They're fourteen and a half point favorite against NC State. Now, that could be as you like to call it, could be a sucker bet. Um, but I mean, just the way Clemson's playing right now, I just I just don't know if I have enough stones to pick the upset of NC State. Like, I, I mean, I know we talked, like I said, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. Um, I just think right now NC State offensively, just they don't have what it takes to stay with um, Clemson, in my opinion. I mean, when you look at the actual numbers, statistically, NC State, is they edge Clemson out by a little bit yardage-wise and things like that. But when you look at the point difference, you know, Clemson point they, they score forty five points a game to NC State's thirty one and a half. That's a big difference. So um even though it is a Thursday night game and even though they're on the road, I still think Clemson finds a way to win this game. But I will tell you right now, Tarvino, there's no way I don't think there's any way that Clemson will cover that fourteen and a half. So if I'm the betting man I'm actually going to take those points, and I'm going to go with NC State. See, I like Clemson to win the game, but as far as covering, that's a that's a lot of points, especially at NC State. I know NC State, I think they have a backup quarterback in, and I just don't know. Clemson is a team I had since, you know, when we had a preview early in the season or before the season started. They're the dark horse. I mean, this team, looking at their schedule, very favorable. They they beat a very, very good Georgia team. And they all they have to do is beat Florida State, really, and South Carolina. I think games like this is where Dabo Sweeney really drops the ball sometimes, and I think he's aware of that. 
I think Clemson comes in. They get up early in this game, but they they don't ever pull away until maybe the end. It's going to be a good Thursday night game, but Clemson's just too much. Tosh Boyd uh, and the receiver besides Sammy Watkins, the number two guy, actually tore his ACL. Cuervo, which is going to put more pressure on Sammy Watkins to get open. He's going to have a tougher time, so somebody's going to have to step up on the road and have a big game because they're going to shut down Sammy Watkins if they can. They're going to do whatever they can. So everybody in the chat room likes Clemson. I like Clemson. You like Clemson. So it's just a hung jury here, I guess. It's a clean sweep. It's not a hung jury. So our number four game, man, this is a weak list. Cuervo. This is a very weak list of games just due to the I thought week two was bad. This is very bad. We have Michigan State 3-0 and at number 22 Notre Dame 2-1 and and is Michigan State a pretender right now? Are they a paper champion with that 3-0 and record Cuervo? Well I, I think Michigan State Brian is, is you know I wouldn't say they're a contender um but they like to compete against the uh, contenders. I'll tell you that. I mean, they're one of those teams where if you play them lightly, you're going to lose. If you go out there and you play hard, chances are you're going to win. So for for a Notre Dame, if they're going they better go out there and they better play with some fire, you know, because, like I said, Michigan State is one of those, you know, teams that love to upset you. And if you give Michigan State the opportunity, it's going to happen. And um, I think Notre Dame, who did they play last week? I can't remember now. They played, they played uh, Purdue. Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. Purdue. I, you know what, to be honest with you, I didn't see the score. Did they Did they beat them pretty good, or did they even win that game? Well, well, they did. They pulled away late from them with a pick six and everything, but Purdue was right in that game, you know, in the fourth quarter. So uh, it was 31-24, Paul. Just thank you for that, Paul. Paul just gave us the score in that one. But it was closer you know, Notre Dame got up by 14 with a pick six, but Purdue gave them all they wanted, and that's the problem with Notre Dame. They just can't really beat teams. Hold on, hold on. Breaking news, Alabama just scored a touchdown against Notre Dame Cuervo. Did they really? Another oh, one. Hold on. Hold on. Another one. Another touchdown for Alabama. Hey, man, Titeo just got ran over again. <laughs> And his girlfriend's in the stand watching. Um, Notre Dame is a seven-point favorite at home. I like them. I like Notre Dame in this game to cover. I, I just think Michigan State's offense is not that good, man. Their defense is good, but it's in South Bend. 3.30 kickoff on NBC, of course, the only channel that carries them almost. And I don't know. I like Notre Dame. We'll see what the chat room says in this game. Let's see. Brian Burgess is back. That Teo, that Notre Dame joke's getting old, so he's right. Sorry, Brian. Paul Ewing likes Notre Dame. Uh, Michigan State, Brian Burgess pick. Um, we'll let Jason pick that one in a minute. So now it's time to get to the nitty-gritty, and this is Brian Burgess's own. I'm going to let Jason come on in just a minute to, uh, to preview this, his games with us and pick them, Cuervo. But the Auburn Tigers, 3-0. and you know, it's better than three and nine last year. On the road to the real Death Valley, Baton Rouge, number six in the country, three and O L S U Cuervo, untested really, eighteen and a half point favorites over Auburn. This is this could be a blowout. I mean, 
the way Vegas is putting it, you know, it started at like 15 and a half, 16 to line, and the wise guys moved it up to 18 and a half. They think that's very good value. And I'm going to bring Brian on real quick. Brian Burgess on the line. Is that you, Brian, 225? Yeah, that's me. How you that's doing, me. buddy? Yeah, that's How you me. doing, Brian? I'm doing good. Good, man. Are you going to the game? Yes, sir, buddy. I'll be there. Haven't missed one yet this season. All right, good. I wish I could go, but it's a long trip right now, and I've been to a lot, so I I might be glad I didn't go. But tell us, I mean, everybody's talking about LSU. Mettenberger's improved. I mean, he's looking good right now. I mean, they haven't played anybody, but – his execution is there, where last year when they played smaller teams, really, his execution wasn't there. So tell us what you're feeling about this game and how Mettenberger has to perform. Well, it's like a it's, – he's like a totally different quarterback than last year. Um, just going to the games and watching his – you know, he, he's got good pocket presence. Um you know, he goes through his progressions, where, whereas last year he might lock on to a receiver. Um, he's actually moving better. I, you know, I don't know what Cam Cameron did, but he, he's he's still kind of a statue in the pocket. But, you know, I mean, now at least he'll take off and run. And even if he just, you know, gains a couple of yards, that's better than, you know, getting sacked. And um, he steps up into the pocket, and um, he just makes – He's just making perfect throws. I mean, um, they're right on the money. They're they're only to where his receiver can catch him. He's uh, you know, like I said, he's 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 throwing the ball away when he doesn't have anybody open instead of taking the sack. He and, and I know that they really haven't played anybody except uh, TCU. But I mean, you know, when it all boils down to it, TCU is going to have some of the best defensive backs in the country. They're going to have maybe not the total defense, but their their secondary is really good. And, you know, he basically picked their secondary apart. And he's also done that against UAB and against um, against Kent State. So I just really don't see – I mean, if he continues that way, then LSU is going to have a very special season. Um, you know, plus Jeremy Hill finally – you know, Jeremy Hill finally played a whole – well, he didn't play a whole game last last uh, Saturday, but, he, you know, he sure showed why he's the best back in LSU, stable of backs. Terrence McGee is a – you know, is a good relief for him. Plus, they still have Alfred Blue and um, Kenny Hilliard. So, and the offensive line has come together, so – I mean, I'd be really scared of LSU's offense right now if I was another team. <laughs> yeah, I look at I look at LSU, Brian, and and what I what I fear about playing them right now is if you're an Auburn team, you're confident on that three and O game. You know, you beat Mississippi State, and now you go into, I mean, one of the most hostile environments in college football. What scares me is the big plays of LSU, not on offense, but on special teams and defense when they play at home. They just they turn it up to another level at night, and and Mettenberger does look very good. Last year, I was at the twelve ten game where Mettenberger looked like one of the worst quarterbacks in the country, but now it, it's amazing what Cam did with him. 
and actually did the work. It's, it's amazing what a, a new scheme can do in a good quarterback coach, offensive coordinator. Um, Cuervo, looking at this game, do you give Auburn any chance to win? I mean, LSU's got it going on right now, and Auburn's 3-0 and as well, but I don't know about this one, man. Yeah, I, I don't know either, uh, Brian. I mean, I mean, there's there's, there's always that possibility. Uh, however, when you look at it, I mean, it's at beat, trying to beat LSU at home. It's, I mean, it's it's hard. It's it's very yep. hard. And um, you know, Paul took the words right out of my mouth. This is exactly what I was going to say. Is I think if Auburn's going to have a chance, I mean, they got they got to come out very aggressive right away right away and uh, go out there and, and put points on the board. And they can't settle for field goals either, Brian. Marshall's got to find a way to get that ball in the end zone. And if he could do that, then I think Auburn has a chance. But if not, if they settle for field goals and it's a 7-6 to six game at the end of the first quarter, <laughs> I, 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 I don't think – I think the game is over by then. Well, I don't think it's going to be a 7-6 to six game at the end of the first quarter, but – that that must be that might be the homer in me coming out, but you know just and I heard something today, and you know Brian and everybody else can either confirm it or deny it. But um, Auburn has what the worst secondary in the in the SEC is that is that correct? I don't think so. I think they're they're actually improved, and that doesn't mean anything. But watching their secondary. Uh, come together. You got to remember they're playing a ton of players in the first three games with the heat involved and and just trying to build depth. But the secondary and the defensive line are the strengths right now, and it's going to yeah. have to be. It's going to have to be in this game. They're going to have to step it up. They can't play like they have the last three games. They have to play better. And I'm hoping that that last drive against Mississippi State sparks this team. But are you worried, uh, Brian, about? You know, Gus Malzahn, the last time, I remember in 2010 when, when he had a dual-threat quarterback, Malzahn did, he ran for 400 yards on LSU. Now with this quarterback, are you worried at all about the offense of Auburn or you just think that it's too early in the season and LSU will dominate it? Well, I'm, I'm not really – well, you know, always a little bit worried, but um, I don't know. I just have a lot of faith in Chavis and – you know, everybody everybody down here has just been kind of they're still kind of leery about LSU's defense, but um I I just think that Chavis is um Chavis is used has used these three games to kind of play around with it and you know, I think the defense that, that we see against Auburn on Saturday night is you know, it's going to be a little bit different than what we've seen against TCU and and uh, Kent State and, and uh, UAB. I'm telling you, I, I, their defense is. I don't. I'm not going to go out on the limb and say that they're just as good as last year. But as the year goes on, they're going to be probably better. I mean, um, the defensive line is real good, and if they can just have, you know, they. Just like you said, that Auburn's got to come out and jump on LSU quick. Well, you know, with a dual-threat quarterback like they have and the running backs, they just have to make sure they tackle and they don't, you know, they don't lose containment. And 
they just don't get out. They don't get themselves out of position. And if they play like they're capable of, then no, I'm not worried because I mean, no offense, but Nick Marshall's not Cam Newton, you know. So no, oh, I'm not really not. worried about. It. I, I'm not worried okay. about. It. Well, Brian, Brian, stay right there just a second. We're going to have to pick up the speed. We're going to bring you and Jason on in just a minute. Didn't mean to cut you off there, but we got about 10 minutes left. And I just want to just say something about Auburn's secondary, Cuervo. It's 14th in the SEC and passing yards allowed. But let's remember, they played Washington State and Arkansas State their first two games. Washington State throws the ball about every down, and Arkansas State threw it a lot because they were behind Cuervo. So that statistic is a little skewed in a way. So once the SEC schedule starts, that's what I want to see how their their secondary, you know, performs. I do think they've improved since last year. Trust me, the corners are looking at the at the ball and it's coming out. But Cuervo, you're picking L S U in this one? Yeah, Brian. Sorry, I can't I can't go with uh your Tigers. I have to go with the other Tigers in this one. Yeah, I just want to. I want to see Auburn. I'm going to be pulling for him to pull off an upset. I mean, it's possible. It is the SEC West. This rival is a heated rival, but it's just too much early in the season on the road at LSU in my game. It's going to be tough. I'll be pulling for my Tigers, but it's just going to be tough to to pull that out right now. LSU is kind of underrated in people's minds right now. So we'll see about that one. Number two, the Tennessee two and one at number nineteen Florida one and one Cuervo. Coming off a 59-14 loss, what are you giving the chances of Tennessee going into the swamp and pulling off an upset? I mean, this is a 17-and-a-half-point spread right now. Yeah, I give Tennessee the chance of beating Florida in the swamp on Saturday. About the same chance that uh, I give myself of marrying a supermodel uh, this weekend. So that means no chance. So I'm going to go – I'm going to have to say Florida wins, as, as painful as it is to say that. I mean, I, I think I think that, um, you know, Tennessee, you know, I think a game like that, when you get embarrassed, it, it, it really – it hurts. You know, it's, it's it, Butch Jones is going to have to, you know, get their confidence back up and say, look, Yeah, I, I, look, I like Tennessee in this game to cover Cuervo. I think they come out, and the reason is, is Florida's offense. I mean, if you watch the Miami game, the guys couldn't convert in the red zone. But it's going to be hard for Tennessee because of their quarterback situation. I mean, that's the problem. Can they score on Florida? That's going to be tough to do on the road in the swamp. Florida, with that bye week, thinking about that Miami loss, Cuervo. I'm going to have to go with the Gators in this one as well. I mean, it's just going to be too much for the ball to be able to go on the road. But I will be pulling for them, though. We'll see what Coach Lett says on Sunday night. And the number one game, Arizona State, 2-0 and at number five, Stanford, 2-0. and uh, Stanford's a nine-point favorite, Cuervo, in this one. I mean, this could be a good game, Arizona State, with a controversial win Saturday night over Wisconsin. You've given them a chance to go on the road and pull an upset over Stanford. Um, I mean, yeah, I could I could give them a chance, but I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think Stanford wins this game. I just think they're too powerful. So um, I'll, I'll take I'll take Stanford in this one. I want to pull the upset in this one. I really do. Brian Burgess is ch- is pulling it in the chat room. He's picking Arizona State. Stanford to me 
And it could be just because they played Army, but they haven't looked good to me all season. I've watched them play, and I do think this is a three-loss team we're looking at here with Stanford guys. I'm telling you, once they start picking up their schedule, they're going to get exposed. And that's just my opinion now. I mean, it's just an opinion. But I like Stanford barely in this game. I think it's going to be a close game, probably about a touchdown. Arizona State, I mean, if they were any team that was good, they would have beat Washington. They would have beat Wisconsin by more than what they did. They wouldn't have had to let the referees help them at the end of the game. So let's see what the chat room says in this one. Uh, Arizona State for Brian, Stanford, and Stanford. So um, we'll see. Um, I just think Stanford's overrated, Cuervo. They'll pull this one out, but once that schedule starts hitting, uh, we'll see Stanford go back to what I'm telling you right now. I just don't have any confidence in that team whatsoever. They're very overrated right now. And Oregon will kill Stanford Cuervo. It's not even going to be a game. I think right now the early line is Oregon's favorite six over Stanford. I just don't see them having a chance. But real quick, Cuervo, before we go, uh, the two champions from last week's pick I mean, Brian Burgess lost one game, and he's picking some big upsets tonight. So I'm going to bring him on, and uh, I'm going to let Jason go through his games real quick, and I'm going to put Brian on him. that way we don't we don't talk over each other or anything. So Jason, you're in right now, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing very good. It's kind of a lonely week with me. Um, no duck game tonight, so I get to watch watch Stanford and play Arizona State. So I'm kind of happy. So one hour. Well, congratulations for going 15-1. and one. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to name the game. You pick the winner, and we'll right. see how you do. I'm going to play these right. back and see how good you are. All right, number number five game in the NFL, the Falcons at the Dolphins. Who do you like? Atlanta. All right, the Falcons. And then we have the Colts going on the road against the 49ers. Who do you like in this? Niners. All right, Texans at the Ravens. I'm a Houston. All right, the Chiefs undefeated on the road at the Philadelphia Eagles. Chip Kelly going to win. Chiefs, Chip Kelly can't hold a lead. Oh, you're going against your boy Chip Kelly. And then we have the Green Bay Packers at the Cincinnati Bengals. I like the Bengals' better defense. Paul, Paul saying it's loud. Paul, are you hearing me loud on the phone right now? I I want a speakerphone. So, I think it could have been me. Yeah, get off the speakerphone, please. Oh, yeah. It's that better? Yeah, that's a lot better. Speakerphones just don't mix with radio. It makes it sound bad. All right, we're in college now. This is your your specialty, Jason. San Jose State going on the road at Minnesota. Who do you like? I got Minnesota winning. Arkansas, 3-0, and going on the road to Rutgers. I got Arkansas. Okay, and then number eight game, Utah State on the road going to Southern Cal. As, as much as I want to pick the upset, I like USC's defense. So. All right, Missouri at Indiana. I like Georgia Tech. I said Missouri at Indiana. Oh, um, Indiana, Indiana. <laughs> it's North, 
All right, he likes Georgia Tech wherever in the next one. So we'll go to Clemson at North Carolina State. I got Clemson. All right. Michigan State at Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame. Auburn at LSU. Sorry, Brian, I like LSU. All right. Tennessee at Florida. I got Florida. Arizona State at Stanford. I got Stanford winning 35-17. All right. That's a that's a good prediction there. And, Jason, man, it was great to see you pick those games. Man, I hate you beat me last week. But, man, next time, if you win by yourself, you'll get, you'll get more air time. And that goes to Brian Burgess, too. But thanks, buddy, for, for participating in the show and, and supporting the show and picking the games with us. We appreciate you, buddy. And go Ducks. I agree. And um, Brian Burgess has left the building. I don't know where he went, but uh, he's already picked all of his games. That's probably what it was, Cuervo. But, man, uh, I think there's going to be some interesting games in this in this week and some games we didn't touch on real quick. Uh, Texas, Cuervo, Mac Brown at home against Kansas State. I mean, is he going to have a chance to save his job with this game? Or is Kansas State going to come in and take care of business? I think K State goes in there and takes care excuse me, takes care of business in my opinion. I, I think Texas um I d I don't think they can save their season anymore. I really don't. And I think your dog agrees with me. Well, you hear my dog? Yeah, I heard I heard him bark just now, but yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't think Texas is gonna be able to bounce back. I mean, there's just way too much going on. There's too much I think there's uh how do I say it? The, uh, the there's a lot of tension in, in, in Texas right now, so I just don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, and I have these new headphones on Cuervo where I can tune out anything outside, so I couldn't even hear my dog bark. So that's good that you could. So these headphones are doing their job, man. A bomb. There you go. A bomb could go off in the other room, and I wouldn't even know. So. Uh, Matt Brown has to win this game, Cuervo. He has to win, but I just don't see how they're going to do it. I mean, Kansas State's not the Kansas State of last year, but I don't know. I know this is not on our list, but I just don't like Texas. How do you rebound after losing to BYU and Ole Miss like you did? They kind of look like Auburn to me, Cuervo, from last year, where they start. It's, it's out of control now, and everybody thinks, okay, this is a game. They bounce back. They're Texas, but there's no bouncing back this season. It's over. I mean, Texas is done. These players have quit. I mean, the only thing they have to look forward to is the Big 12. But, I mean, but still, they, they can't win the Big 12 with what they have right now. I mean, that's one thing if you're Mac Brown, if you're a good coach, you can sell them, hey, we're not going to the national championship, but we can go to a BCS Bowl. Cuervo, I just don't think it's enough. I don't think these players believe in him anymore. Yeah, I don't think so either, Tarvin. So, um I think the players are, are – I don't think they're buying in anymore. I, I think uh, it's going to be something where they're just looking forward to seeing who the head coach is going to be next year because I don't think it's going to be Mac Brown. I think Mac Brown is, is gone. I'll be surprised if he's not gone. Um, you know, And it's sad because to see Texas football become this – mediocre and, and, and play at this t- this level, I never would have thought in a, in a, in a hundred years 
that Texas would be such an average-looking football team, especially, you know, and you've mentioned it before, Brian, so many top five recruiting classes, you would think that they would just be dominating, but they're not. Yeah, they just, I don't know, they're done. And I've seen this before, and and that's why I'm saying it. Cuervo, I've seen this story before. And it's not good for Mac Brown in Texas. If you're smart, if you're Nebraska, if you're Texas, you get rid of these guys right now. You get rid of them now. I mean, there's blood in the water. You've got to do something to save your program and the recruiting class for next year. And speaking of saving their job, Opalini Cuervo, um, the rant came out that happened a, a couple of years ago. Some disgruntled Nebraska guy that's pissed off at UCLA took him behind the woodshed, released you know, a tape of, of Bo Pelini really going off on the fans in Nebraska. Do you really put much stock? I mean, do you, do, if you were a Nebraska fan, would you be mad that he, he came out and said this, really, or would you not care, really, because he was doing it in private? He didn't do it to blast the fans out to the media or anything. But that that tape was pretty bad, man. It was, Brian. And if I'm a Nebraska fan, um, you know, I'm mad. I really am. I think I think I think Nebraska fans should be offended because of the things that he said. To call them fair weather fans, I mean, come on. Nebraska has one of the most loyal, you know, fan bases that you're going to find in college football. I mean, every Saturday that place is full, and it's you know just is it's, it's full of red. That's why they call it the Sea of Red because. That's what it is. You know, every Saturday they come up there and it's just, you know, all you see is red when you look around. So for him to say that they're fair weather fans, no, I don't don't tend to agree with that. I don't think that was right. And, um, you know, I think those type of statements behind closed doors is when you really find out, you know, the true colors of of your head football coach. And, um, if – if I'm a Nebraska fan, I'm mad. I really am. And I think the only way that Pelini can fix this is, you know, don't even sit there and apologize. Just go out there and prove that you want to be the head coach of this team and go out there and win some football games. Yeah, his days are over. And you have to remember who the AD is, Tom Osborne, right? I mean, this is he is Nebraska. And these these fans are very prideful. They're good fans. They're not bad fans. But I would take it personal if some coach – well, I hear him now. Uh, sorry about that, guys. The dog is barking. But if I'm a Nebraska fan now, after seeing this guy on the field lose, uh, I can't support him. I mean, you're going to talk crap about me as a fan that pays your salary, really. And you can't even win a game. You can't even win the conference. You can't even win a bowl game. Cuervo. If you're going to talk crap about the fans, at least win games, right? At least win games and and do something special with a season. He's talking crap about the fans because the fans are right. They don't want to see that defense on the field. They don't want to see another choke fest with this guy. Popolini's a terrible coach. He was a good coordinator uh, at LSU, Cuervo, but he's not a head coach. And this Nebraska team has just gotten worse every year under his watch. Are on his watch. Yeah, they have. I mean, and it's and it's similar to, um, you know, Sonny and I use this this example a lot. 
uh, when Wade Phillips was the head coach in Dallas. He's just not a head coach material. He's a great defensive coordinator. Look what he's done with the Texans defense. But he's not he's not made to be a head coach. And I think I think you're right. I think Volpolini is is the same way. Some guys just are much better coordinators than they are head coaches. And um, you know I I think Nebraska needs to start looking in another direction because um, again I mean you can't you can't take back what I'm mean, not gonna understand if if it was just over the past weekend when, you know, they were up 21-3, to three, and then they blow the lead, and these fans are booing, and then you're going to say something like that, you know, I would take it as well, you know, the coach is probably just pissed off. But this is a, this is a very old, uh, you know, audio that came out. You know, it's old. So who knows? I mean, did they, did they even say – at what point in time this ha- this these statements were made? Was it after a certain game, or it was just you know roundabout well, time? And- no, it was a it was a game, I believe, and I could be wrong. Cuervo is is when they were down and the fans were leaving, and all of a sudden they came back. Nebraska came back and, and won, and some of the fans were gone. Some came back, and the thing that stood out to me, Cuervo, is when he said. I almost told them to, you know, kiss my, you know what, and f off, and all this. The, the people there, and you just wait till I'm gone and see how bad they suck. Things like that, like he's the reason that they're good or something. I would have fired him that day. And here's the deal: Osborne knew about this last year. He already knew about it. And he talked to Pelini, and Pelini has calmed down a lot. But this guy needs to be coaching somewhere at a junior college somewhere with a you know, at a, at a place where kids have gone to jail or something and coming out trying to get their life back. That's where he fits. He doesn't belong at a, at a program as prestigious as Nebraska uh, with the tradition they have. I have no idea how he even got a job anyway. But they did give up 70 points to Wisconsin last year, guys. I mean, I mean, this is the black shirts. They ought to call them the pink shirts, Cuervo. Maybe even Nebraska should wear pink to the next game and see how they play. The sea of pink. I can I can see that happening. You know, the sea of yeah. pink in, in Lincoln. But I mean still though, I mean after a loss, I mean they they were losing. I mean hell, Chris Bosch said it too. You you think Heat fans are gonna stop going to the games, the ones that actually do go? No, they're gonna keep going. I you know, it just it, it just amazes me though how Coaches actually think that there's a such thing as, you know, um, what, what's the, what's the term that they like to use? Uh, off the off the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Brian? When they're like, oh, don't quote me on this. In other words, off the record. Um, yes, there is no such thing as off the record. Everything is always on the record. So. <laughs> I don't know if that was one of those, hey, hey, off the record, this is what I really feel. Of course, that's when people are going to start hitting the record button. I mean, common sense. You you always have to be careful what you say around anybody if you're a head coach, especially of a big program like the University of Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, mean I just don't get it. Pelini, the arrogance. And and the attitude he has and the language he used in that. And you're right, Cuervo. When you're behind closed doors, I would worry about that more because that's really what you think. There's no emotion involved, really. You're behind closed doors. You're saying it. 
and it's bad. I mean, if I'm a Nebraska fan, I want him gone just because, you know, the way his, his cockiness and his arrogance is, like the team's so great with him. Look, Nebraska sucks, guys. I mean, that's just all there is to it. They're in the Big Ten. They're going to win some games because they're in that conference right now. But I'm telling you, they're they're nowhere near, and I don't care what they do. They're five years away probably from even being relevant. So Nebraska has a shot to bring in a good coach, uh, somebody with some respect around the country. That's a, It's a program. I don't know what kind of name they can get, but I think they could get a decent name coach to come in there and do a lot better job than Polini's doing. But we'll talk a lot more about this as we go on. The highs this weekend are – you know, for you, Cuervo, Tennessee and Florida. For me, Auburn, LSU. I hope we come back Sunday night with a with a smile on our face. Oh, yeah, I hope so, too, Brian. And, and I hope at that point in time, uh, when your show is on Sunday night, hope the, I hope the Bears are beating the Steelers, you know, because it'll be on while, while you're doing your show. Well, well, join us anyway. And I want to thank you, Cuervo, for filling in for Trey tonight. Great job. Uh, as always, enjoyed having you. Love talking football with you at sports in general. And thanks, Paul, for joining us in the chat room as well. Jason Humphrey for calling in and Brian Burgess. Thanks, everybody, for listening in and tuning in. And Sunday night at 9 o'clock, I can promise you one thing. We're going to rock and roll. I'm I'm tired tonight. I'm ready to go. But Sunday night, I'm going to have some new energy in me, Cuervo, and I'm going to take this show to another level, I think. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring some controversy to it. I'm going to be the new Paul Feinbaum out there, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Hey, be careful what you wish for, Brian. But I look forward to it. Um, You know, it it, it was good. I appreciate you giving me, offering me the uh, opportunity once again to close with you tonight. Um, It's always fun when you're weighing in with with, with Tarvin. So uh, it was a good show. Well, I appreciate it. And your show on with Sonny uh, this Sunday, you're doing a show, That Being Said, on blogtalkradio.com. Join the couch potato, Sonny Clark and Cuervo from, what do you all do, from 10 to 1, uh, 10 Eastern to 1 Eastern as you break down every NFL game, guys. And if you if you love NFL, you have to listen to the show. They break every game down. And it's not a a little preview reviewing it. This is a detailed analysis of every football game. So before you set those fantasy lineups, before you call that bookie, make sure you listen to these guys because they're right most of the time. It's very good stuff. Make sure you join them. And also Saturday morning, uh, Sports Talk with the guys on NDB Media. And I don't know if you heard about NDB Media tonight. On They had Ernie Banks on the show tonight an interview with Ernie Banks. So make sure you go to NDB Media on Blog Talk Radio and, and catch that. It's Tri, was it Tri-State Sports Guys, that show? That's a very good show out there. And they interviewed Ernie Banks tonight, Cuervo. That's a big name. Oh, yeah. And, I'm, and if anybody knows who that is, it's this guy. Because Mr. Cub, you know, being the Cubs fan I am, um, I'm gonna definitely go back and I'm gonna listen to that. <clears throat> excuse me, listen to that interview. Um, <clears throat> sounds like it was a good one. It was. I like. I was listening to some of it, but I had to come on the the hour show and do this one. But but I'm ready to crank it up Sunday night, guys. Join us at 9 p.m. Eastern. 9 p.m. Eastern on Sunday night, and I promise you, we're gonna have a lot of fun. We're gonna go over a lot of stuff. And Cuervo, you're well, you're welcome to join us. I hope you join us as well. And you know Paul's going to be there, and Jason Humphrey, and Trey, and all of us. 
We're going to have some fun, and I can promise you one thing. Some, some people are probably going to get their feelings hurt Sunday night. I can promise you that. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's the game of that's a game of football sometimes, and you know, um, just to, just to let everybody know, um, on Sunday morning, um, we start at ten thirty Eastern. So you know, we like to get a little college in there. We talk real quick about what we saw on Saturday, um, whether there were upsets or whatever the case may be. Uh, we definitely for the and that's why we do an extra half an hour as well. And then uh, we just roll right into the NFL. And, and, you know, we have people call in, like you said, for fantasy advice and stuff like that. We've helped we've helped people win championships and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely uh, uh, our specialty, if you want to say. Yeah, and I've got some – that's a great show, guys. Uh, that's a great show. Make sure you listen to it Sunday mornings. And also Sunday does a show on Saturday mornings um, – after after sports talk with the guys at 11 Eastern on Block Talk Radio, so make sure you catch that as well. But we're going to have some controversial topics starting on this show Sunday night, and we're going to continue it. I mean, these are some deep discussions that are controversial, and people get uncomfortable when you start talking about controversial stuff. We're going to talk about stuff that ESPN can't cover, that don't cover. They don't want to touch it, but we're going to get into it. Like I said, people get their feelings hurt, but that's radio. That's Block Talk Radio. We can talk about what we want and get the truth. Uh, but one thing we will not do is promote lies and, and rumors and things like that. We're going to have facts when we do it, but we're going to talk in some detail about some topics. And I will get some more information about what we're going to be talking about closer to the show on Sunday. So thanks, everyone, for listening. We're going to wrap it up. Go watch your favorite team. Finish this hard work week out, and, and let's get ready for some football, guys. Cuervo, uh, uh, thanks again, buddy. I appreciate it. Have a great week. In the eyes of a ranger, the unsuspecting stranger had better know the truth of wrong from right. Of the eyes.